Awesome. We're live. It's super, super uh, simple intro right there. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Candy? Oh, I'm doing great. Like, really, I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, leadership stuff, book stuff, life stuff, like mission stuff. It's just really, really cool. So you've been all over lately. I feel like you've been 10x conference, working on your book, being a real estate agent, leading a team, like everything. Like, I can only imagine Dubai. you are just I going to bananas. I, Dubai. I, I speech in Dubai about smart homes. I'm doing a speech in uh, Vegas on my uh, leadership, the leadership course, the vision course, executing your leadership vision in real estate, right? And that's so exciting because I've never really promoted myself in a way where I'm like, let me get big first and figure it out all the way. And then I'm going to hire on and build this into something that I don't have to be in the shit 15 hours a day. I can train other people to do that and then grow teams and then grow with them. So it's like this really exciting time of life right now. How was Dubai? I feel like that had to be super cool. Was that your first time there? It was. It's so amazing. Like everything there, the buildings were futuristic, the people's mindset, even conversations with Uber drivers, which they're all Lexuses in Dubai, by the way, every single one is like a rule. And they have to take extra classes on client care because the king there cares so much about tourism that even the Uber drivers are well-educated. There was not trash on the street. I was blown away. I was like, this is not what I'm expecting at all. The, the, yeah. the people the food it was all i went to a texas barbecue place just because i wanted to see like is it going to be like it it was it was like it but better and they used the, the cornbread was more like an unleavened bread so it was like this chewy cornbread flavored delicious nugget and so damn just, okay yeah it was good and the beans like it was they did a good job of re replicating what it was and then the 2020 conference in Dubai just happened to be going on when I was there. Uh, so I went and I got to see all the countries. I didn't get to get in everything. It was so busy, but I got to go in America. I got to go into, um, oh my God, what's happening? Anyway, I went into a bunch and it was like just what they're doing in innovation and what they're doing. Was it about the, what the countries are doing in innovation or what was it all about? Yes. What each country, what they think is their best thing to show the world it's your chance here's your expo go and it was some of them went real artsy some of them went real like um solar power water power what what was the thing that made their country special and it was really 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 powerful and cool and you know i can't imagine that city is not going to be there forever and maybe they can do this again to bring again in five years what in new innovations are coming around the world and it's just beautiful. yeah mm -hmm. That is so cool. So you got to do that recently. The other thing that I, I really want to touch on too is the 10X. You got to go to the 10X conference with Grant Cardone. Yes. I've only dreamed of being able to go and attend that so far, but I will make it happen. Uh, yes. But so far, I've only been able to dream of going. So tell me a little bit about that. Who is the keynote? What was the energy like? Like, Give us the recap. Where's my fucking hat? Um, <laughs> the keynote, keynote, the main thing was Trump was the first speaker. I don't care your politics. That man's a business genius. And I wanted to listen to what he had to say. And the best thing I got out of that 
he was deciding his brand was growing. He bought Tiffany's. He owned the air rights to Tiffany's, right? Um, he likes to name this Tiffany Tower. He could name it and use the clout of Tiffany's brand, which at the time, who was Trump? What was Trump Tower? So everybody kept giving him advice this way, that way, this way. And he, he was very torn with what he was going to do. And then he went to his mentor mentor, the person who is his thought leader, like the person that's like, give me what mindset I need. I need guidance right now. And did he and say that, who that was? That should be like the secret yeah. nugget right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Might have. I don't know. I was too enthralled. I was just like, just because I'm going to listen to how he decided to build his brand and go big or go home on it. Right. And he Which said, is a massive brand. Yeah. Today. Right. But mm -hmm. he had to make that decision. So he's, his mentor said to him, I will tell you what to do. When you change your name to Tiffany, name it Tiffany Tower. And that's all Trump needed to hear. And he built Trump Tower. Because his business was good. His family was doing good. He's like, okay, why be, why be complacent? Why not be yep. bigger? Than, let's see where we could go with this thing we built, that family's built, this mission, this family's on to do good for our future, right? So it just gave me this, uh, what is that called? Um, permission, I guess, or whatever. I put my face on a truck, huge, right? Buy or sell with me, use this truck for free. That turned into a moving company because the first time I showed up to drop off the truck so they could use it, they were so excited I was there to help that they were just bubbling. And I was like, yeah, the guy will be here in a minute. And I called some guys and I was like, get the fuck here. <laughs> Today, now. So I start walking in and we start talking about packing and stuff. So when I saw why and I felt why they were so excited, I was like, this is something I need to go with it because everybody hates moving. Everybody hates packing. Everybody hates cleaning. Everybody hates getting their house ready to stage, painting walls, cleaning baseboards, any of it. So I integrated that into my entire business. And that's what you get with my commission. So I can show my value to you at the same time, put that moving truck to work when it's not working for my clients so that I charge a rate. So I know what rate I charge. So when I say this to my client, that's for free, it's this value. There's a value. Yeah. Value. It's called earn value and that's an earned value. So do I get people like, how do you, how do you um, fight people who want to break down your commission? And I was like, I can show them that I should be working for 8%. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So so for every client, can you explain what you do there? So you bought a moving truck. Mm -hmm. I bought a moving truck. I saw Bubba Hunt. I have to give clout always because that's the right thing to do. Bubba Hunt. I was Tom Ferry, Tim Ferry, whoever that was, coaching called me. And I was like, well, give me an example of one of your top agents. Like, who, who's a success story? And they gave me some names. I called all those names. One of those names was Bubba Hunt. I was like, hey, Bubba, what's up? I <laughs> I heard you sold 300 houses your first year in real estate. How the fuck? Because I sold 50 deals my first year and everybody's losing their goddamn minds. You know what yep. I mean? Like just to put in perspective for people not in real yeah, estate. Yeah, six exit. 50 is amazing. Yes. Okay? Yeah, incredible. Is fucking insane, right? He goes, well, I used to sell cars. And I got tired of being a car salesman. And I took my brand that I built with car salesmen. Imagine that, that you're running through 30, 40 clients in a day, possibly that massive brand. I took that, I used it 
I told them I was a realtor. I bought a truck. I put my face on it. Buy yourself me. Use this truck for free. And now I have a rolling billboard. I kept that secret inside of my heart for like a year. I was like, <laughs> it's on the plan. It's on the business. Yep. It's in the vision board. Whatever the fuck. Oh, sorry. Sorry about the Fs. Oh. No, dude, drop them all day. I don't give a shit. You're good. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Sailor of a sailor. Of, I'm, a, I'm a sailor raised by a sailor raised by a sailor. And I was an athlete. So there's really no hope for me. My, my mom, my mom's little inner car right there. She's going to be embarrassed I say this, but oh well. It says, uh, I am a very strong, successful, independent woman who says fuck a lot. That's what's hanging from her, her car right there. So I have, I have the one. Drop them. Yeah, I was in the military. The cup says foxtrot and it says you know what it what it means so fuck off fuck off basically fox shot blah, gotcha blah, blah, blah. Fox gotcha anyway so what i was trying to say about trump and the impact that i got from that was i got validation and i had already had proof of concept but i was like thinking in my head at that moment i was like do i promote real because this is the company i just joined that i really get behind their, their like second to market EXP national platform where all realtors, all real estate businesses are going. And when all the Kings of all the different brokerages in a state have to decide who's the top King or the emperor and everybody else doesn't get to be designated broker, they can't do what the national platforms can do. So mm -hmm. anyway, innovation, right? Yes. Yes. I was deciding whether to push their branding and not put my face on it or put it, on it. There's my answer. And then so you're a big proponent of personal branding then. Yes. My mom, let me give you an example. This happened two days ago. My mother, 65, sorry, she'll kill me. 62 years old. <laughs> uh, so she will kill me. Um, but she told me the other day, we're, we're getting to know each other in a different way. I'm going through a divorce and she's lost my dad seven years ago. And now we're kind of regrowing together as like, you know, new people. But she says, you know, I was rookie of the year the first year I worked for CUNA Mutual and not just the rookie of the year, but I was the top salesperson. I was like, mom, why don't I know that about you? Why, when you came to my rookie of the year award ceremony, did you not share that story with me and how we could relate on that level? How did I not know? I probably got my sales skills from you. And I always thought it was dad until this moment right now. I don't know. I'm like, I'll tell you why you live in the shadows. That was your place. It's not fair. It's what society expects of the mom to not be loud, not to be intelligent, not to be whatever. She's a good mom. Great. Awesome. Woman power, right? No, lift her intellect up, her wisdom up. She, she had stuff to share with us girls that we got from her. Thank God. But we didn't sing her praises when we should have. Mm. Mm. You know? Yeah, you were telling the story wrong the whole time. You thought it was your father, but really, probably exactly. all came from your mother. That's incredible. Imagine apply that to what you think you know. Yeah. At all. Yeah. What's been told to you wrong? You know. I mean, dang! Like, all right. So hold on. What do you speak on at this in Dubai? Did you drop heat like this? You're dropping some heat right now. So what were you speaking on in Dubai? Dropping heat in Vegas. Okay. What's now, going on in Vegas? quoted and Einstein is quoted Rosa Parks is quoted a lot of people are quoted because I'm saying I'm giving a speech on um, the vision course your 
how to execute your leadership vision in real estate. And so I'm applying that to my leadership vision, which is I can use success in business to make a difference in this world and pave the path for people who couldn't get there if there wasn't a path. Mm. Period. Mm. So that's the speech that's going to drop all the heat. I'm super excited about it because it's kind of what my book's about. Like I've been down and out. I've been down on the ground. Done, 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 done. Right. I made $14,000 that year before 14, $16,000. I don't want to be quoted wrong or whatever, but the year before I got into real estate, I had been a police officer, top of my class. Think about this. My president failed two tests. If he failed another one, he's out. So he couldn't be the president. He needed to focus on studies. So they elected me the president. I'm not strong, but I'm strong. So I picked him up and I threw him over my brain and I went to his house every single Sunday and I gave him a personal study guide. And then I took that study guide to the class because we have it. Why not share it with everybody? And by the end, everybody did that, right? So mm. I took my leadership position there just like I take it here because it's becoming one to where it's a team. We're not fighting each other. You know, we're all trying to pass the police academy. I don't care yep. if my grade is a 71 and yours is a 90 fucking eight. I, we both get to wear a gun to work now, don't we? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Stop oh, competing. Fun. Start collaborating. Right. Like that's kind of the. He's going to go into the back room and he's going to do reports and he's going to be a G at detective work or whatever. But I need those guys that are going to go run into the building. No hesitation. But maybe they're not. They don't take tests well. There's a value in everybody. And if they want to do good, you want to be a police officer and do good. Please, God, let's get some more good people in the police. I love the police. We need them. But the stories that I hear, the stories that I've experienced, and I was a police, is it, they're hard to swallow. So regardless, yeah. I feel like that's my leadership vision. See what I see is wrong in the world. Be authentic with what I say and I do. Right? That's big. If I feel something's not right, I not just don't do it, but I say something about it. Mm -hmm. I talk to other people. Do you think this is not right? Do you think this is not right? You know how many times the people will do the right lead? I tell my, my, my son, this is the start of the speech. What's a leader, son? And he's six. The person that will always do the right thing, even if they have to be the first one to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a quick example of that's truth. I'm at a busy intersection. The lady in front of me broke down. People are swerving, honking. Everybody's pissed off, right? I'm like, she looks, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing, assuming, but she's probably stuck and it's not her fault. Let me jump out. Jump down in my car, my fucking Mercedes. Jump out of my Mercedes, little old me. I'm going to dress. <laughs> are you okay? Are you, oh, you broke down? Okay. What you're going to do, put it in neutral. I'm going to get behind you. I'm going to push. And she goes, you think you could push this SUV by yourself? I'm like, I'm not going to have to do it alone. Just believe me. Yeah, because you're the first to do it. Oh. I literally got out and I get myself behind it. I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm going to push this fucking car. Right? My mother, 62-year-old mama, gets out of the car too. Takes the other side. We're going to help this lady. Right? Six men get out. Don't push us out of the way. Get in between us and help us do what we needed to do. When I came back, I came back to my car being protected. I left a $100,000 car in a bad neighborhood running. And then we forgot and we'd sit mom back halfway through. Regardless, we somebody stayed there and made sure my car was okay. People were clapping. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world's on your team. People don't realize it. I want to do it. Just show it's him. a big mindset thing. So and many it, people think with a, uh, I think there's something called paranoia, right? And then there's mm-hmm. actually pronoia, which is where paranoia is where you think the world's against you. And you have this fear that people and things are against you. Where pronoia is actually complete opposite of where people, you truly believe like the world is on your side. And so you think with that almost delusional optimism to where everything starts working in your favor because you think that way. Because you just, that's what you believe, but that's manifestation. You just, yeah, named, yep. just named something I didn't understand until right now. I have. <laughs> Look at that. I taught Candy something. Look at that. I feel like a, ooh, I'm a G today. Look at that. <laughs> Noia. I'm pro Noia as like, Me I'm too. Like, bad. People are like, how do you walk around with people who know my story? How do you walk around? I'm like, cause I know the end's fine. Yep. I'm the I same know, way. Yep. There's no That's I amazing. It's fine. I got, it's fine. So, it's I mean, talk to me about your book. Like you're, you're, you're starting a book. So hold on. We got a recap here. You mm-hmm. sold 500 homes in five years. So I just want to drop that first, mm-hmm. which is, unreal yes even though homie did 301 i mean, I mean that's well, that's that crazy as shit but insane and what he did he built the brand first so that's why mm-hmm. why personal brand is so impactful think about that he took a car salesman job you a nurse a teacher you'd go to church do you like cars do you love building homes are you good at volunteering fundraising do you like to drink? Do you have a bar you go to? Do you play cornhole? That's mine. Do you yeah. play softball? What the fuck ever you do, you don't have to niche down to one thing. Yes, I hate that. Ball. That's where so many people right now are doing. They're like, niche Every- down. You got to be niche, niche, niche. I'm like, dude, I am not niched. I'm not a boxed in person. Like, I'm not at be all. Be me and do everything. Any yep. opportunity that is towards your mission it will get easier after the first little bit. Mm-hmm. If you believe in yourself and you believe in your goal, you believe in your brain and your reason to why you think this is successful, you can rebut everybody's ne- negativity. You know, there's a song I'm on right now and I do that. I like rap. It's High Road by, Fort, by Fort Minor. So, oh, Fort Minor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Throwing it back a little. Is it? It's not new, is it? It's an older it might, one. Either it's old or new, but it came into my life, right? And gotcha. literally those, um, hold on. These people, wait, wait, trying to convince me that I'm running on empty, that the record with Jake was a fluke, that the record that I'm making right now is a mistake. Let me tell you what I'm at with this. You bastards are going to have to take back that shit. I'm not plastic. I'm not plastic and fake. When I make tracks, I take facts and lay them out for the masses. You assholes are going to have, you assholes are going to see soon that I'm not playing and start asking me the names that I'm not saying, but I'm trying to be bigger than the bickering, the petty name calling under the breath, talking rumors and something. You got it. Yeah. And those words, the words, if you just like listen to them, you can, you meet your people. So I like that song. I post about it. Somebody says good song. I'm like, ah, you're the one. That's Hi. your tribe, right? You feel me yep. right now, right? You feeling me? Mm-hmm. And it's so exciting to finally live in that life of an open mindset. Of you're right. If you feel like it's a good thing to do, you're right. Go do it. Go try it. 
What's the worst that mm -hmm. can happen? Be back on the floor? Oh, my gosh. Look, the background of my phone literally says, what's the worst that could happen? That's the oh. background of my phone. Oh, my God. Stand that up. Hold on. Yeah. Here's hope I don't we... get no weird text. I hope I don't get no weird text messages. <laughs> well, I hope not. Don't open the private box. Please, God. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, you know, I'm taking the brain and the, the background, like, hmm, trying to take over. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about the book. The book is coming out when? And what is this book about? Like, talk to me about the book and what inspired it, because that's awesome that you're starting. Well, a book I'm here. tired. I'm tired of everybody not being. Everybody looks at me and what do you see? Just who, who am I as a person? Am I affluent? Am I come up in middle class? Like, what do you think? Off rip, I think you're extremely passionate. I think uh, that you, I could see the art in the background, but I also follow you on social. So I see you're very artistic. Uh, I as well am artistic. So I know what comes with that up here. Uh, right. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a little bit different. I, I don't know. Like what do you want me? What do you want me to say? <laughs> Because I was going to tell you, there's one of two things. You either attracted to me and want to be in my world, or you dislike me because you don't understand what it is, right? Right. Authenticity helps that. And that, that compulsion to do. And you, if you believe so hard that it's... It, I believe that I can change things for a lot of people just because I can say it. And maybe I had to go through everything I went through in my life to be able to say it, but there's a line in my book that is very powerful. And it says, I jumped into a volcano and I flew out of Phoenix. Mm. I think so you I wrote faced, that the other day. I saw that. I faced my fears. What's the worst that can happen? Let's fucking see. Mm -hmm. You know what the worst that happened was? I went through some bad shit I need to do because I have not lived. I've lived, I, I've lived a life of being a, Attractive woman, looks good, talks good, smells good. I have a lot of opportunities given to me because people just want to be in my presence. I'm lucky, right? I also have passion and compassion and empathy because I grew up at, I, in a trailer park. My mom, sometimes when my dad is out to sea, would feed us potatoes and hope we didn't eat them all so that she could have some. Like I came from nothing, but I'm living my life where I've built it and I'm allowed to, you know? And, and I'm not guilty about it or anything. You know what I do? I fundraise. I raised $53,000 with the YPN with a, with a tweak on a, a tiny tweak on, on an event that we already had. I added an actual celebrity round. We banged it out. We made so much money. We're going to do it again next year. You know, mm -hmm. like, don't be afraid of your greatness if, there, if it's there. And, and that's kind of the book is that especially the, the, the line that my mom told me that she was the rookie of the year and not just that, but the top salesman, I would be screaming that from the rooftops, be on my Instagram page. I'd be making TikToks about it because that's me. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. I'll be in Dubai. I'm like, I can't believe I'm in Dubai. Cause I still yeah. have that. I still have that innocence of wonder and like, wow, because I feel like I'm in person after I got strong enough to divorce my abusive husband. And to be strong enough to be me, even if people look at me sideways because I put my face on a truck. Mm. Mm. If, you, if you're pushed to do that shit, do that shit. Yes, if yes. If you're pushed to make a difference, but you don't want to do that shit, go get involved in the church or in, in, in volunteering or, or go be a big brother, big sister. Take your success and your education and plant it on one child that then can bring it to 10 and then 100 and then whatever. 
you know? What's the title of this book? Hard Candy. Hard Candy. Okay. Now, is it be, hold on, let me just guess what it's about first. Is Is it because you act hard on the outside, but you're soft on the inside? Or what is Hard Candy? I'm just winging it. It's the, it's basically the process of making hard candy, like from, from young age to figuring out my place in the world uh, through athletics and through like an uh, example in the book is when I went to a high school in Highland Park, Illinois, they had a, a cafeteria, the, the, the sitting rooms were on both sides, all the affluent kids. Cause Highland Park has a lot of lot of money sit on this side and then the kids from Fort Sheridan where I lived and then Highwood, the lower income houses, we all sat over there. And I just think it naturally happened because society sucks. Well, I wasn't raised that way. And so I became the captain of the softball team the first year I was there because I I came from the East Coast and we knew how to play ball. So I was a captain <laughs> of friends and they asked me to come sit on their side. And I said no. You want to sit with me? I'm sitting over here. I've always sat where I'm expected to sit. So these are my friends and my people come to me. You know what happened? They came. Mm. And and if I made a little change in that high school, a little, a little eye-opening fact that maybe they didn't even notice. And that's not on them. It, it, it really isn't unless you point out the things that are wrong and you do it consistently, then people know who you are. Got so, you. Got so you. that is it. It's just like every little the the not the whole life story, but the examples of the things that make me how I am today that allowed me to think of the systems and the automation and the process of not focusing on leads first, but focusing on value. Mm. Everybody wants to get leads, get leads, get leads, and then they get one. They're like, fuck, I have one. What does the contract look like? Let me look at it. Shit. I don't know anything. So instead, because I came through in transaction coordinating and saw what a shit show everybody was, I focused on that. <laughs> yeah. Like when I saw that I did 20 deals in six months and someone says that's insane, I was like, what? So you started as a transaction coordinator. Yes. Right after. So I had my baby. We literally had a sell. We moved into a house. I quit my job. We moved into a house we couldn't afford. And we're trying, we're starting to take credit cards out to take electric bills. And so we sold that house, sold my retirement and moved into a little house and I decided to get a job. So I started working at home, transaction coordinating. My son had colic, so it wasn't a bad break to put him in daycare. I'm not going to lie. That was hard. (laughs) So six months I stayed home and I was like, I ain't doing that. So did that saw mistakes left and right mistakes or I was just like catching them. So then I'm like, Hmm, I'm going to go be a realtor. And then got my license. I literally pumped milk in the break room during realtor school because my kid was six months old. So everybody's out there talking. I'm in their studying vocabulary, like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then take the milk out all weird. Like, yeah, I'm going to put this milk that came from my body into the freezer. I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, was like, <laughs> I can only imagine people are like, what the hell is going on? I'm not real estate school. Yeah. 
bought a little zippy bag to not to put the, the milk bag in the zippy bag so nobody would feel weird about that potentially having some kind of that's so funny it's the most beautiful thing in the world like if you drank this you would probably look 10 years younger so you know <laughs> put it in the freezer we won't talk about it whatever but you know i sat my ass back there and listened to vocabulary so i got extra educated so you but so that's what's crazy is you Started as a transaction coordinator, got your license. Now that experience as a transaction coordinator helped you bang out transactions as you got deals. Is that kind of how it happened? Or what strength did you get from transaction coordinating and transitioning into? Sounding like a fucking G. Not one person asking me if I was new. Mm. You know, my realtor was, who was my realtor, who got me the TC job, also was my mentor. Becca Riccardi is her name. And she ha- has a platform. Her business model is she has so much business that she has showing assistance. She pays an hourly wage. And I happily took that. I'm like me. And I worked for her so good that I, she saw it. She's like, you're doing amazing. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm doing six open houses a week. Cause I had this drive that I have a child and I can't afford my house. So I'm doing six open houses a week. I'm putting my kid in daycare if he's in daycare, I'm out there making money. I don't care what it is. And this is before social yeah. media or or before I got into social media. But I did get into social media because I did those open houses, but I didn't waste my time. I did open houses. I did virtual open houses for anybody else for COVID. I did go on every single buy and sell page in that zip code and surrounding areas and post every listing and post every open house. And I did a video of the house and I did a Matterport of the house. So I just did it better because I saw I was watching podcasts. I was like, this is my life right now. I can take a year and get there. Or I can take a month. So you <laughs> never had to get over the fear of getting on camera or anything like that because you actually went in with the mindset of my back's against the wall and I'm going to claw my fucking way out of it. And so that's what you did. So there was never a fear of, oh, I'm going to get on video to send this or, or was there? Let's correct this. Scared to death. okay i when i started i was like okay that's as good as it's gonna look just send it because we need to get this out in on time you know but but the the social media part of it i started doing videos just videos for my listings like hi welcome to this house and they went really good and then i walk around and i'd say something i wouldn't say like as you can see this is a toilet yeah toileta in spanish You know what I mean? Like, like I, I literally was like, oh, if it had bright light, if it had, uh, you watch HGTV, you know what the people want, whatever, like new chandelier, upgraded fixtures, like something that they wouldn't see that they can't see on the pictures in the MLS, you know, like this community is, if it had a lot, I would send my video guys out and take videos of the park and videos of the, the overhead of the whole community or whatever, just like make it you apply the big money listing marketing on every home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so many people don't do that. It doesn't cost very much. Okay. It costs $150 yeah. for professional videos. You can do your own video walkthrough. And I have done that. Or you can hire somebody and say, yo, can you, can you record me for an hour? And then right. go and splice and make yourself a little B roll. It's not hard. So don't think it's this big giant thing. Like I need to have this set up, that set up, just start doing it. And then mm-hmm. you don't even know what people are going to like yet. Throw right. spaghetti on the wall, whatever fucking yes. little stick. These are the guys take those boom, focus. 
Boom, focus yep. more. What else? Which platforms doing me the best? Don't get off the others. But when you make your content, you make it for that. So TikTok's my content, right? I make TikToks and then I film it in my phone. I do it in Canva. Canva will adjust the ratio correctly and schedule it for me. Hmm. Hmm. On TikTok, huh? TikTok, Instagram, maybe not TikTok. I know Instagram, Facebook, and my YouTube. I can schedule yes. all that. Okay. I, I'll have cool. to look at this TikTok, but I usually make it for TikTok. So it's in my drafts and it just goes. But like the other yep. ones, I just if anybody is not listening to your phone or your podcast, they should fucking be because here on TikTok, if you want to not have to record it outside TikTok because you like the filters on TikTok, screen record that shit and do this. Where is it? See, I get value. Watch. Create. Okay, we'll just do one. Okay, I'm going to give a little, what we call this, tutorial right now live on how you can use your phone to cross content on all platforms quickly. Oh, here we go. Okay, so you do that, you hit next. Click the box. See okay, this? I'm gonna give a little. Okay, click the box oh up top here, right? Tutorial right now live on how you can use. Then screen record that motherfucker. Your phone to cross content. And let it let it play a couple screen. times. There you go. Okay, I'm gonna give a little. What we call this tutorial right now live on how you can use your phone to cross content on all platforms quickly. Good. Okay, boom. And then you stop your recording. Stop. And then you go to your gallery. And you have it with no logos. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Because right now, a lot of times what happens is people will do it. They'll download it from TikTok. And then it has their their watermark on it. So watermark, that's how you can avoid wrong. Like yep. it. It's, it's like, you don't want to do that all the time. So take the nuggets. Don't just go with one because you do want to take different. They want you to use their, for the algorithm, they want you to use their camera. Sometimes they want you to go live. They want you to do, mm. so they want you to have different videos. So I never put the same writing on one. And I usually shorten one or add something to it, like a picture at the end inside of Instagram when I'm making a reel based off of a TikTok. So that, gotcha. so that it's like you're you're utilizing their tools. You're not just completely right, you know, like copy paste kind of yeah, over. It's like boom, boom, and the same words because the people in TikTok don't want to hear words. They want to laugh. They want to be educated. They want to know you, right? Mm -hmm. Instagram, they like a little bit of words, but inspirational words. Instagram. Yep. And, and what I find with Facebook, like if you bring Facebook into play, Facebook's just like a big old sphere. Uh, way to influence your sphere. So you could, you almost could just copy paste it on your. You do. So you take the same content, the words, the caption, you apply the caption to your audience. So then you take the same one, you put it on Facebook. Facebook likes a lot of words. Yeah. They like, they like to read every word of every article. So you just go crazy on Facebook. You just go and yep. say what you want to say to everybody, all the people. Those are your real friends. Yep. Yeah. That's why you'll notice. Yeah. You, you post a photo on Instagram, you get no comments. You post a photo on Facebook on your page, and it's just like, dang, there's my auntie, there's my friend. Like, you know, all these people coming out of the woodworks. There's my love. The guest, 
peeps, you know, like, yeah. yeah, they'll gas you up. My Facebook audience gasses me up. <laughs> if you want to go feel good, go on Facebook, ask for a prayer. Like Jesus Christ. Like that was funny. Anyway. <laughs> but like literally one time I was in the hospital with my kid and he had just had a seizure unresponsive, this baby. And I'm laying there at three in the morning. Like I need people. So I post, I'm like, I don't normally do this, but it's three in the morning. I'm about to lose my mind. This whole story happened and it took me like an hour to write it because that gave me something to do. I post it 300 comments, 70 phone calls, like all kinds of text messages, three, four, five, six, all day long checking on me. If I did it on Instagram. Yeah, it ain't the same. I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know I had a kid until right now. It just, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. People yes. know my kid was born and tell him happy birthday. So. so needless to say, social media is probably like your big platform right now for yes. marketing, right? And I'll tell you why any business it should be right now. Mm -hmm. So if you okay. could only choose one to focus on for marketing, would it be like one avenue? Are, are you yeah. picking Instagram? YouTube, YouTube because I'm growing it. And, and I would, if I had to give one up for the other, never get it again, I would pick YouTube. Okay. I just haven't built okay. my YouTube, yet, but if it was based off of right now today, I would do Instagram because that's where I get a lot of my business. I get a ton of business out of TikTok and that's my love. But if you're talking about business, Instagram is where I run. I push business. TikTok's where I push me. Like gotcha. I'm cool, I'm honey, I'm, I'm a G, I'm smart, I'm whatever. I can do all that there. Nobody judges. Like it's yep. the less judgy one. So if I had to give it up for like, if I was going to be locked in the house and never work again, and I just had the one to reach out to people, I would choose TikTok. Got you. Got mm -hmm. you. So you, you focus on one avenue to focus on your marketing. You choose, you said YouTube or would yeah. it be Instagram? No, YouTube. Why? Because YouTube is the, it's the best way to get your information out to people who are looking for it. And if you're a business and you just say, write down, follow yourself around for a day in your mind and say, okay, what do I do today? What have I done today? Okay, I wrote a Benzer. Cool. Mm, got um, a meeting with a listing. Awesome. Da, da, da. Now write those three things down, whatever it was, go make a video about that. You're creating your content library for the future forever. And you're the expert. So when somebody types in Benzer, question or what the heck, what the heck ever your name pops up. Cause you're the only motherfucker posting about Benzers. Yeah. You don't yes. have an audience okay. to comment and like, you don't have to do anything. You, but you produce a video that is valuable, entertaining or impactful. I think those are the three, right? Yep. And you just so leave it there and it lives. And, and, and if you got one comment, in 2015 but then i write a book in 2022 how many how many more views am i going to get if i have a whole library as being nobody mm -hmm. yeah see that's i think you're kind of nailing on the head there it's the seo component of youtube it's it's great because it's not like blogs are like written form or any articles written form so when you go to do a google search uh most of the time you're getting written form content now everything's a little bit different now changing but YouTube, you're getting like creative content, uh, a video. Do you, know so, Do you know how many words you're allowed to have in a YouTube description? Drop it. What is it? It's like thousand. It's so, stupid. yeah, it's stupid. Stupid. You, I literally transcribe my speech 
And I put that in the motherfucking description because how many times? Yeah, because that's massive for SEO though. That's what a lot of people don't realize they could be doing. Well, maybe may, what people maybe don't know, and this is what I'm finding: SEO. If you want to define it, search engine optimization. Okay, I'm scooting back so I can show you my fingers. Google sends out some spiders. Okay, and they're out there. Web crawlers. Yeah. yeah like looking for words and tying people together. So the importance of being consistent, even if your message is differently given, the message itself is consistent is because they're like, oh, she's talking about real estate here. Cool. Okay. Okay. She's also on a podcast talking about business and being an expert in real estate. And then she's got blogs and she's got podcasts and she's got businesses and other people are tagging her all related to real estate. So then that's how they decide who's the best person to give to the person that they're looking for. So if you're so big that any keyword that pops up, even if your keyword is not as described as somebody else's keyword because of the totality of your experience and brand and this web mind, you're the one that gets to get pushed out first. So you don't have to pay for these things. Consistent mm -hmm. message, consistent mission, and authenticity and just do it. Go do it. You're it. already doing it. You're already doing it. Your day -day work, right? So. so let's talk about the this uh five years where you you do 500 transactions, right? I feel like you probably talked about this a gazillion times, but I no. want to get your perspective on a few things. Yeah. So I, I the 50 in the 50 in the first year when people mention that, I'm like, huh. Here's it. I literally send an interview link. There. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm so far and above beyond that that I expect my agents to sell 50 houses their first year. Mm, like, I love that. Systems, and it's, I made it easy. So, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is how you've made it easy. Ah, so, okay. talk to me a little bit about that. That's what I, I I want to know. That's kind of where I was going with it is what, what are, what discipline, what processes are you putting in place? So when I started in real estate, I told you I got busy pretty fast. I didn't sell house for three months. Then I sold one, 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 then I sold two, then I sold three, then I sold four, five, seven, six. I had nine in the pot. I was like, okay, this, uh, all this I have to do for all of these is a little, and I was blessed with a accidental transaction coordinator job for a second. And so I was like, wait a minute, duh, idiot, you know, like go make yourself one of those. And then I literally said, my brokerage has a basic structure of what is to do at every transaction on a folder. Okay. So I started with that. I wrote it all down checklist. They, when you type in the address, the client's name, the details of the contract, the agent's names, the closing date, and the acceptance date into my system, it populates when everything's due, 185 different things in a transaction. And my clients are able to see that so they know where we're at in the transaction. And it keeps them inside. I want to be the realtor forever. So we're building in, um, sorry. This is all like happening. We're building in the way that we do it already, but we do it slow, snail mail, basically. We're building in into the thing where it pop automatically based on a date, based on the closing date. 
that, that they send out an email. Oh, welcome to your first year of home ownership. How'd you like it? Do you love the house? Here's a link to the top 10 things you should be doing on an annual basis to your house to keep it up to date or mm. maintain it properly. So you're creating a whole like, as soon as they become a past client journey. As soon, no, no, no. As soon, that's where people miss a whole bunch. People miss that. If somebody comes to you and they end up renting, but you've made a relationship with that person by providing them a value. First of all, don't dump them when they want a rental. You know what they're going to need to do after that rental? Buy a motherfucking house. If you drop them on their face because they didn't want to buy one and you're so upset that you wasted your time on this valuable product, a person that feeds your brand, go find them a rental. At least call, like, at least look it up on the MLS and say, hey, here's a Facebook page. At least do an effort. How's that going? Oh, I, I maybe even make a couple phone calls for your client, even though you might not make that money until a year from then. You're, they're still valuable and show them that. So I'll, I'll help find a rental. And you know what happens? They now live in either an apartment, a rental community, or whatever. You know what people do out of rental communities? They move and they talk yeah, to their neighbors. They make friends. Yeah, friends. exactly. When they need a realtor, maybe that person who's never ever gonna buy a house has given you four referrals because their neighborhood is that way. Think mm -hmm. bigger. Think bigger and just think value. And how would you want to be treated? Would you want to be? Yeah, that's the thing is so many people don't serve anymore. Like you have to service people. You have to help people. 100%. Like that's, yeah. And they see so, it. And then they recommend you. Tony Robbins talks about raving fans, right? Mm -hmm. You want to be raving fans? My first listing came because my lady went to an open house. She was a secret shopper. She said, I love your energy. I need to sell my house. Can you come over after this? I'm like, damn, yeah. I never, I never wrote a listing contract. You know what I did the rest of that open house? Research her house and what a listing looked like in real life. Went over there, got the listing. She didn't have a lot of money to update. We needed rocks in the front yard. It was a violation of the HOA. I was like, you got 150 bucks? I got a strong back. We that was had, your first listing? That was my first listing. We dumped rocks. And you went and helped her dump rocks. She dumped rocks in a pile. I had just laid rocks in my front yard. I just graveled it out. I just did the same thing. I was like, well, that took me about four hours. Like, Let's get this house ready. She couldn't do it. She was a little bit older. She was moving to an active adult community. So I had a buyer, a seller, and a buyer. Right? If you need rocks, let's go. Shovel rocks. And she's out there like, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm like, why? Don't we need to sell this house? We need to sell this house. Isn't that our goal? And that's just innate in me. And if I can feed it to other people to make it more innate, it's that that's what you do. Cause then that person, I still talked to her from five years ago. Sold her I mean, I don't know how you couldn't you, that's a, some of the best service any real estate agent has ever given period in history of being a real estate agent. That, like, turned, that little one moment in time turned into my staging company that I now give for free people. When I say walk into a room as a realtor and you know what you see in your head, you need to do this, 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 and this, and make that go away. You know, Okay, bye. Come back. You're like, why didn't you do anything I said? And they're like, we did it. We spent like two days doing it. Like, what do you, you know, instead, my, I, I say, when I do a listing, I'm like, look, we, we're in this together as a team. And I have a team to come in and help us take stuff to donations, put in the garage, move around, paint, do little odds and jobs, clean all the stuff. So if you want to be a completely hands-off seller and just say, here's the keys, 
I'm like, cool, bet, let's go. I'm painting walls, I'm moving furniture, I'm using, I'm utilizing my, my truck to the most advantage. And people see that value and it's so it's become an all-in-one broker. So let's let's break that down a little bit because I think a lot of people that hear that are gonna think how. So, like from a cost standpoint, everything, how do you make that happen? Let's talk about cost. Yeah. I, my average price point is $3,000, $300,000. Okay. That's the same as my market. That works. Okay. My, Great example. My commission that I charge is 6% for the full package. I don't know if everybody charges that, but we do. So I, I, I break that down. $9,000 at the end of the day is my standard commission on a $300,000 house. Okay. At the beginning of my career, I made it very clear to myself that if I could make $4,000 on a deal, it was worth it because I went through a shit show in an $89,000 house and I didn't make hardly any money. And most of that money was given to make the deal happen. And so I had to decide if my time was more well spent on focusing at a higher price point. So I did. And 4,000 was the number for me, right? I think the value that I give, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot more work to be put in stuff. And at the end of the day, the money that we make as a whole is the whole career that we've built and the experience that we're gaining from the things we don't even make money on. So I'm not saying we get paid too much. I'm just saying when I see a need, if necessary, I fight hard to do it. It costs me $30 an hour for my guys. Okay. I spend an hour consultation with my staging manager, Erica. She gets paid $50 an hour. I do an hour consultation, tell her what I need. She schedules her day. I schedule my hour at the end. I'm still there at the beginning to say what happens. I have somebody I trust and believe in to do the work. I have guys to help her. I come back and double check and we finish it up together. If she has any questions, we have a full hour before the photographer gets there to do the pictures. So we've systematically laid it out in a way that it only cost me three, 400 bucks. How much do you pay to realtor.com? Mm. How much do you pay to anywhere that you're trying to drive business to your business? Mm. Why not spend money on your business and your value instead? Mm. So when I tie all of that into it comes in my commission, that's because that's how I earned it. I didn't earn it because I just put my sign in your yard. I earned it because I actually helped you sell this house. And I told you, yeah, sure. We can put a sign outside right now and not do any of the staging bullshit that you think is bullshit. But I can show you right here with comps. You're going to get $20,000, $30,000 more if you let me do this house. So I've, I've learned to feed people through the process of this. Get in the house. Look around. You have a beautiful home. I love all your things. It's so homey. It's comfortable. Whatever it is. Whatever they're putting off. Or, or don't you worry about this house because mine looks the same. I got three-year-old, a six-year-old. I work 14 hours a day and my maid comes once a week. So <laughs> yeah, so I relate to you, whatever it is. Don't like make people feel comfortable because you know it doesn't bother you. Let them know it doesn't bother you. Say, okay, good. We're going to sell this house. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to take all this stuff. We're going to organize it, throw this in the garage, boom, boom, boom. And I say, we need this. Um, when, when I'm suggesting the things that I'm going to be suggesting here in a minute, I'm looking at it with my real, realtor eye as somebody who's seen thousands of houses and listened to thousands of buyers say what they think about a home. So what better experience to direct dress this home than me? 
So we are also looking at this as your equity. And when I can show you, you can make more money by doing these things that's free for you to do and not getting offensive because it's professional, it's not offensive. Then we can grow your equity and sell it faster and market it better and get you a bigger egg from what you've built in your investment. Because this home is an investment. That money you put down on this house, you invested in your family and also your financial future. Because now the money that we're in here, we can grow it a little bit bigger before you cash out of your investment. And that investment is going to take you into the next home. So reason. You don't argue with this. Unless you're just, if you argue with that, fine. Put us on the yard. Sell this thing. Let's go. <laughs> yes, I love it. But so I, you, I, you, your commission's nine grand usually. Mm -hmm. And then you take five of that that you pour into the value because your goal is as long as I get here to four. Now, if you stay within budget, then you know, more icing on top well, for you. Now but you're, the market's different. It's been five years. So that, that number is a lot bigger now because life is more expensive. The business is more expensive. I now... Now I avoid, uh, I provided the value to avoid the commission reductions. Gotcha. Right. So when I saw what I usually had to do at the end of the day, and we all know it, people are being idiots about a thousand dollars. You're about to close this bitch. It took you three months to get it under contract. I'm paying that $500 all day. And I tell my clients I'm paying it and they're like, no, no, we don't want you to do that. We'd rather back out of the job. I'm like, no, no, no. Let me tell you, we spent three months looking for this house, all those hours, we spent 30 days in this deal, 10 days in this deal, whatever it is. We found you a house. You love it. You want to be here, right? Right. Do I say it's $500 of my own money that I'm making off this deal that if you can purchase this home, I'm going to make, or do I say, let me give this gift of $500 so we can close this deal and everybody's happy. I don't have to go back out and potentially not find you a home. Right. And then we lose everything. So it's valuable enough to me to put my $500 in. But you better believe that I fought everybody tooth and nail for that $500. I try to get the buyer. So whoever's fault it was, I try to get that. If did you just, start implementing all this in year one? Like, is this what you did in year one that helped you? So year one, there was no truck, but there was me. And I was doing that kind of stuff all the time. I was cleaning houses. I was staging houses, but I didn't have a process. Year two, when I um, I had in vitro and I was working really hard, um, I bled too much. So they said, if I come into the hospital again, they're going to keep me there. And that's when I wrote an operating manual. I was like, okay, you're going to need to be in a bed for two months at least, right? So I wrote my operating manual. I said, these are the pieces I can do from home. And these are the pieces I need a warm body for. And so I made what the warm body needed to do with instruction manuals and one note on everything they needed to do. And then at the same time, everything I did in my transaction side, I wrote a manual for that as well. After I had knowing I was not going to be pregnant forever. So after that worked, I hired somebody body, body, body. Cause I love being a showing assistant. I, I was a free education, right? Um, my people are here. Shoot. on a podcast sorry i have a, a team training um no no worries yeah i lost my track what what was i saying you're talking so, about in year year two you um so, went through like making the manual and everything like that and you like to have people involved with you um mm -hmm. 
Yeah, baby who's born, I brought, I swapped that. I took the body side of things and I went back to it and I hired somebody to do the paperwork stuff because that's basically to me like $20 an hour things. You know, that's what I made. I made less than that as transaction coordinator. So $20 an hour things, I hired out the, the things that needed me and my face and my education and my brain, I did. And then I slimmed that down as far as it could go. Like when, when people need my brain sometimes to be able to figure stuff out. So I have to be able to be available for the team that I'm building. So I knew I was building a team at that point. And that operating manual became the job description. And that turns into, you know, me being like, okay, now I have buyer's agents. I have, I've generated a lot more stuff coming in referrals and, and I do buy leads for my team to, to sustain them, not to keep them. I tell them this is this is sustainability. This is money. So you're not desperate. You need to build your referral, your brand, doing Instagrams for everybody, all that. But that tied into building the team all the way up until I lost almost everything, including my whole entire team. I had 27 transactions. I held it together with my systems. And I said, now I can do this. Now I can be confident in my ability to lead my team into success that I can start hiring people. And that's when I jumped onto real. And now I have five agents and we're training in the process of training and getting their system set up so that they have a product that they can grow into being a team lead and push me up. Because I know if we all go up, not me only, if we all go up, then we're going to be able to sustain the business of real estate forever. I love that. I love that. Candy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. And I, I feel like I just, I'm ready to run through a wall now. You've given me oh, some inspiration right. here. Oh, yeah. You might like it. <laughs> <laughs> right, Thank I'll you watch. so much. Of course. Bye -bye. Yeah. See you, Candy. Bye.